Hello, welcome to more of the Richard Herring podcast feed, powered by Acast Plus. Uh, hope you're enjoying all these tour podcasts. There is still a chance to catch some, though they're selling out very fast. Uh, we, in fact, Sheffield on the 7th of March sold out. Uh, but check the theatre website for returns. Uh, Monday, the 11th of March, Adam Buxton and Lemsis A in the Leicester Square Theatre sold out. But you can get tickets for the Warwick Arts Centre, where I'm talking to Lindsay Santoro and the Exploding Heads internet phenomenon, and at Bedford on the 21st, where I'm talking to Olaf Falafel and my old friend Al Murray. I'm at Glasgow uh, on the 27th of March, sold out, Susie McCabe and Fred McCauley, and then at Hull on the 28th of March with Tommy Cannon and Bob Morton. Uh, there are three tickets left as I talk to you so get there quick if you want to come and see that also this richardherring.com slash come and see me on tour doing stand-up for the first time in six years richardherring.com slash ballback coming lots of places around England and some places in Scotland uh, and that's about it for the moment all right sit back relax and enjoy rahalastapa say hello to a new era of mental health care Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. <laughs> Too tired to clean your floors after playtime? Forgot to vacuum before your friends bring their little ones over? Let Eufy X10 Pro Omni help. Powerful 8,000 PA suction removes debris and Mop Master dual mop pads scrub away stubborn stains with ease. Save time and keep your floors cleaner. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com, that's E-U-F-Y.com, and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Forest Arts, New Milton. Please welcome a man whose journey was held up by horses like he's in the Wild West or something. It's incredible. It's Richard Herring. Thank you very much. You're much better than last week's audience. Actually, no, it was a few weeks ago now, I think about it. (laughs) We had this audience in from New Milton. Um, Welcome. To Richard Herring's Let's Stop Traffic with Wild Horses podcast. Uh, I was hanging around uh, in Lonnie's Angling Centre. <laughs> yeah, I've been on TripAdvisor. Uh, and Lonnie, they call it Rahalastabur. So there we go. They were, quite, they were really amused to have someone called Herring in the, in the Angling Centre. They like, couldn't believe it. Because that happened. Um, <laughs> Welcome to the show. Uh, some facts about New Milton. Um, uh, Ian Woodridge, the sports writer, was born here. That's for people. <laughs> yeah, people. I mean, people in New Milton seem impressed by that, but no one listened to at home is impressed by that. Um, uh, the Labour Party at the last election, uh, in uh, the, at least the local elections, only got 330 more votes than the Pirate Party. Uh, <laughs> it's quite a Tory area, is what I was going to say. The, uh, the UKIP beat the Pirate Party and, and Labour. Uh, it's uh, 66% Tory. At the last election, what do you think it'll be at the next one? 89%. We're sticking with him. Bring him back. <laughs> anyway, uh, we're here. We're, this is for the Edinburgh Fringe. I'm, do, I'm doing the Edinburgh Fringe this year without going to the Edinburgh Fringe. So this will be going out uh, in August, or is going out in August, uh, or was going out in August, depending when you're listening to it. Um, but uh, um, we, we won't talk too much about that. I, I've saw it uh, on Twitter. Adverts have started coming up now, and I got a, an advert uh, with um, a T-shirt design, uh, and it's rules for my daughter that a dad should wear. 
Uh, I don't know why they targeted this at me. Uh, my daughter's eight years old. I hope she has uh, rules for dating my daughter. Is, uh, the rules are do not date my daughter. That is my only... <laughs> Even if you're eight, it's still inappropriate. Um, uh, number one, be employed. I mean, you know, that's, uh, that's not nice. Uh, number two, if she cries, you cry. That seems... That doesn't seem like a good reaction as if she cries. <laughs> Maybe comfort, I don't know, be, maybe be nice. Uh, three, understand I don't like you. Four, lie to me, I will find you. I mean, this isn't, I mean, this is not the kind of dad I am, I have to say. Uh, lie to me, I'll go, eh. uh, This is the one that interests me. What you do to her, I do to you. <laughs> it sort of becomes apparent this dad just wants to fuck his daughter's partner. I'm imagining it's a boyfriend, I have to say, for this particular T-shirt. She's my princess, not a conquest. Uh, Get a solicitor is the seventh rule. Uh, Rule eight, I'm everywhere, which uh, Molly Goodfellow on Twitter pointed out. That's not a rule, that's just a statement. Uh, But also, if he's everywhere, he's in the cupboard while the the partner is fucking his daughter. So he's looking and going, yeah, what you do to him? I'm going to do that to you. Um, number 10, uh, well, get her home early. It seems after all that, quite nice, isn't it? Number nine, get her home early. <laughs> I'm not all that. Number 10, know that I don't mind prison. Um, <laughs> mainly because there's loads of blokes bumming me. That's, what, it's just, that's just what I want. Just want to bum some blokes. Is that so wrong? It isn't, mate. It isn't. You don't have to have a T-shirt. I didn't buy the T-shirt. I did retweet it, and that's that they've got what they want, haven't they? If they retweet it, they've got what they want. Anyway, look, let's crack on. That was an attempt at actual stand-up. <laughs> Imagine that. Um, oh, I was going to say, uh, New Milton uh, was uh, created in March 1888. Maybe trying time to drop the new. Uh, so, um, <laughs> what I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. My guest this week is probably best known for his appearance on the most annoying pop songs we love to hate in 2007. That's why we've all come out tonight. But what has he been doing since then? Will you please welcome the amazing Marcus Birdman, ladies and gentlemen. Marcus Birdman. Oh. Shouldn't have sat on that. There we go. <laughs> Rookie mistake. Don't sit on the mic. Don't phone. sit on the mic. Hello. We might be an interesting listen. Um, <laughs> what were the most annoying pop songs of 2007? Do you remember? I mean, I don't know. I haven't listened to pop chart music f- for since about 1980. Right. You must have struggled on the most annoying pop songs. Of yeah. <laughs> it's fun to go. Those shows, we've all done them. Yeah. Every now come, they come up and... Haunt you. Yeah. Yeah. I did one about football. I did one about sport. Do you know anything about football? No, I don't know anything about football. And so was you just bullshitted your way bullshitted through Bullshitted my way through, and I, did, I, was quite, I quite enjoyed it. But look, it does come up out every now and again, people say, <laughs> what happened. Um, look, it's lovely to see you. You've had... A, I mean, you're one of these comedians, I think, like other comedians, know you and love you, and you're fantastic. Um, and you've worked for many years. How long? How, how many years have you been working? Uh, I started in 2000, so whatever that is, wow. 23 years, four years. Yeah, 23 yeah. years. Is it? Well, I don't know. Are we counting 24? Are we counting 2000 as one of the years? Yeah, we are, 24 yeah. years. Um, uh, so, you know, that's a long career, and, and this year, you, we, which we'll talk about later, you've had something that maybe brought you to more public prominence. Yeah. Than, You've, you might have enjoyed the rest of the time. Uh, but it is that weird thing, isn't it, when you, when you look at some comedians who, like, uh, everybody knows, and then somebody else, you go, that guy's better than those guys? Why is, why is he not better? Right, though? right, yeah. I mean, I, I mean I'm an artist. Yeah, so, is that it? So <laughs> none of that matters. You know, yeah. I'm just I'm, I'm, I'm interested in the work. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, I... I, I I, I, I mean, I mean that, that's obviously I'm being facetious, but I, I really love stand-up, and I really love uh, trying to get better at stand-up yeah. more than trying to get famous at stand-up. Um, and sort of, you know, I've tried to avoid all that, and in that, same in TV, and I've been very successful <laughs> in that sense. <laughs> and uh, it's... But, you know, I, I, I'm just... I'm fascinated by how it works or how it doesn't, why... Yeah. why 
I mean, we were just in the dressing room, and one person can say one thing and it's funny, and one person says exactly the same thing and it's not funny. Yeah. And, and, and why? why? Why is the difference between mug and cup funny? You know yeah. what I mean? And, and, and it, 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 it's endlessly fascinating. I suppose I'm more preoccupied with that than trying to get bloody <laughs> famous. <laughs> but I think also what's in it, because it's... it's yeah. It's a weird, in both directions. Like, A, it takes a bit longer to get successful now, I think, than it certainly did in my day. So you'd have a, you know, you, a lot of comics have had a bit more time to get good at what they do. Mm. But not many comedians work for 20, you know, quarter of a century mainly doing stand-up. Yeah, and don't they? Not, not, you know, some, <laughs> some do, but, you know... It's just so, a long slagging off. So you become... No, but then you become... What we're trying to say is <laughs> give up. It's time to, we've all got together. Hang up your Can gloves, you bring man. him down to New Milton? Make it inconvenient for him. And <laughs> say <laughs> so it's time to... Have you gathered everybody to here stop, to say, yeah. this is your life? But most comedians don't get the chance to become that, that adept and have that wealth of experience, I think, because, you know, if you get snapped up too soon... You just become a presenter or a, yeah. you know, or a game show, panel show kind of guy. Yeah, yeah. And so, to you know, that's your strength is that you've had this, you know, quarter of a century worth of experience. And, you, and like we were talking backstage about being a club comedian and being able to do Edinburgh shows, which you do both. And mm. like most people can do one or the other or like can have a go at one of the, yeah, the one they're yeah. not so good at. Well, I was, you know, as we were, d- we were discussing, I kind of admire someone who can put, be, be put in any audience... Um, whether it's the Squaddies one night or the Women's Institute the next, or uh, and still kind of perform yeah. and find a way to navigate around that audience, and I, it's, that's just what I admire, and, and I admire hugely you know, all sorts of comedy, and especially all sorts of comedy that I don't do. You know, yeah. I mean, I really like a kind of Harry, sort of I don't know Harry Hill or, or or the Boosh, just ridiculous kind of stuff, and I, partly because I just can't do it. Yeah. Um, but I like comics who, as I say, can... Well, one of the things, because I went to art college, and I think one of the things I objected to with art college is how esoteric that world is, almost in that, that sort of, if you need to ask, you'll never know. And what I like about stand-up is that you've got to face down the thickest idiot in the room and still get... I wasn't looking at you. He's no, uh, over there. He's over there, is it? <laughs> <laughs> I am blind in one eye, so... <laughs> And, um, and, and make it work f- for that person as well as yeah, you know, yeah. the, the most informed person. And I, 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 because I have an objection for that, just this, oh, it's, it's, it's for the rarefied few who can understand this. I like the, I like the idea of an art form that anyone can understand. Yeah. The flip side of that is that you've got to deliver it to morons quite often. <laughs> nice to see you. Now... Um, we, you know, we, I think we've got quite uh, uh, we got some similarities in our background I'm not you're very uh, fantastic artistically which is not in my wheelhouse and we may talk about that later but you grew up with um, well your dad was a chaplain right I mean mm. he's a, a is he, was he, I think he was, was he ever a vicar or is he he's sort of a... Yeah, he was in the last bit. So he was a naval chaplain and then he became a, a, a chaplain of a, a private school yeah. where I went to. So, you know, like what you were saying, yeah. um, the similarity is that we were at the school that our fathers were... Yeah, um, working in. Working in. Um, um, and when he retired, he then became a kind of village... Chaplain, right? Yeah, okay. In Wookie Hole, so the other end of Cheddar. Wow, that's to, interesting. Uh, yeah, the, yeah, in fact, the mortal enemies of uh, Cheddar. Is it? Yeah, because they've because they've got better caves than us. But <laughs> <laughs> well, we can't well. admit that. We have to say we're the best. Um, the blood and the crypts of the Mendips. <laughs> is it going on there? It really is. It really is. <laughs> but you know, but I think. But so my dad was, you know, quite a, a an authority authority figure, but also quite a you know, reli- we was brought up in a religious yeah. family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So is that similar thing? And both of us have obviously turned against that ourselves. Yeah, yeah. Um, and how's, how's that going for you? <laughs> it's, yeah, it's all right. <laughs> you know, I haven't, I haven't reverted back yet. Yeah, uh, good. <laughs> As you get to the end of your life, that's when it that really counts. When you look staring down yeah. the mirror, that's when you recant. Yeah, yeah, please don't do that. Although, you know, we've, we, again, we will get onto this, but we've both been through experiences where we maybe thought about death, and I, and I didn't start praying to God in the, as, yeah, I, was no, go, neither, as, yeah, as yeah, I was going yeah, on to the yeah, yeah. That's a relief. Just, yeah, <laughs> so, so that's, that's, that's interesting. Do you think, I mean, there are quite a lot of comedians who come from either like having a bishop as a father or a, headma- mm. or a teacher or a headmaster as a father. I wonder, do you think it's a, a reaction 
I mean, I did a whole show about yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, I've done a show about it as well. I mean, I, I think it, it's, it's a bit psych. What sort of number one in it to kind of go? Yeah, you're following in your father's footsteps. Yeah. But I think, I mean, I make a joke that I kind of, you know, my, my father's a vicar and I'm a comic. Both of us get up in front of rooms full of strangers and lie to them to make ourselves look big and clever. <laughs> you know? uh, but he gets a lot more sex, you know. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, I suppose the similarities. Yeah. Uh, um, that, that, and I suppose from a default setting, you see your father get up on a Sunday and, and preach or talk to an audience, um, and it's natural to you, or, or not unnatural to you. That yeah. seems to make sense, or rather than, you, don't, you, you know, that's probably hardwired in your DNA. Would you agree? Yeah, I think so. Um, but what do you think about, I mean, also... If the, with the unusual circumstance of being at the same school as mm. your dad, I wonder whether, like the the, the, re, the it's a little rebellion to be funny against someone in order to go, you know, oh, you're, I don't know if it's the same as your dad being their master, if your dad being the chaplain. I don't, mm. I didn't go to the kind of school where we had a chaplain, so I don't know what kind of godless place did you in Cheddar? I went to Cheddar, so uh, Kings Wessex. Um, but you know, whether that you know whether that need to rebel against the authority, whether that need to be seen to be funny. I mean, I don't think it's true of me. I think because oh, I investigated it and realised I was like this way before. Yeah. I only got anywhere near this. I certainly don't think I needed. It was a need to be funny. No, I think there was a need to. There was desperately. There was definitely a need to break out of that um, kind of. Mold. I mean, I I think it was. I was about fifteen before I realised that not everyone's father was a vicar. Right. <laughs> I guess your one's one's normal is one's normal, right? Yeah, yeah. So so it, you don't realise that maybe that's quite an unusual situation to be the son of a vicar or preacher yeah. man or whatever. Um, and I was like, oh yeah, maybe that's quite that's quite unusual. And then I think I was I was very religious, uh, and um, I remember. Um, and it, having a relationship with God, talking right. to God. And then I remember also pretty early on trying to dismantle that. Yeah. And I, it's, my, it's been my life's work, not, not, for, not for so long, not, not recently because I put, I put it to bed, but to, to, to dismantle the whole God belief, Jesus is following me bit. Yeah. Um, and that's my proudest thing, to get rid of it. Yeah. To jettison it. From yourself? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't managed the world yet. No. Oh, you're dead. But I'm trying. I mean, I'm trying to... I'm trying to I, mean, I joked in Christ on a Bike, my show, about, about religion, was, you know, trying to convince my parents not to be religious. Did just, you? Just at the end of that, you know, they've got their whole life and then they recant and then they die and they find out they were right all along and it's <laughs> yeah, too late. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, people obviously... I mean, you know, I think you... I mean, I'm sure it's probably true of your dad as well, but, you know, my parents... I mean, th- my mum has lost their religion a little bit, that hopefully, thanks to me. But, you know, they're good, they're good people and they're mm. good Christians. And they still alive? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. See, my father died, so um, I think that's... That, yeah, it was a very... So I think I had... Like yourself, I think you just said, my father was pretty authoritarian. Yeah. And endorsed by God. Yes. So it wasn't just like dad going, don't do that. It was Dad and God saying, "Don't do that." So it was it was quite a heady mix to try and get out of under. And I think I felt for so long, uh, if I had an alternative view to that, that I was being very deviant. Yeah, you know, and I was like, I, I I might have intellectually gone, I don't think that's right. I don't believe that. But I always felt like I'd strayed from the path. Yeah. Somewhat, and it was very. It was weird. I, I went to uh, Israel Jeru- and Jerusalem when I was in my mid twenties, and I it took going there and seeing some of those places. Um, you know, the, the Mount of Olives or where Mary ascended into heaven allegedly, or or the you know the Sea of Galilee. All these places that exist, and speaking to people who had no relationship to Jesus, because they were Muslims or they were whatever it was, yeah. and, and they weren't. They weren't deviant or they weren't like wrongans or they weren't because their parents were just godless they were like they were quite devout people but they were they knew as much about jesus as i knew about muhammad which was next to nothing and i'm like oh that's a that's a quirk of geography or fate it's not a decision that i've 
sort of naughtily made to, to go, I don't want to deal with Jesus anymore. You, it's a, I could, you can have no relationship and it's fine. Yeah. You know, and that was a massive revelation. Sure, sure. It, you know, it is interesting that they do, even when I did Christ on a bike, I was 33 when I did Christ on a bike. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, uh, and there was still a part of me thinking, oh, you know, I shouldn't be doing this. And I'd really? long, you know, long ago left it behind. Because well, you might be smited down. Yeah, there's still a part of me that's, you know, because it's, if it's ingrained in you, you know. Mm. I, I, you know my, my, fa- my family were not, unple- no, but they weren't like fire and brimstone or anything you know it was all they were, they were nice but it was it, it's still when if you tell a kid something it's a very hard thing to shake yeah uh anyway no that that that, that is interesting but um let's I mean there's so much to talk to you about because um you know you've again slightly similarly but I think your experience is it's worse than mine you have been through like some quite big health issues in the yeah. last well t- a couple of times so the first time was Quite a few years ago, right? Yeah, so I had a, I've had two strokes. The first one being t- 12 years ago now, um, which was a fairly mild stroke. I think I lost a bit of eyesight, but I was 40. Yeah. And I think actually the impact of that wasn't great because I, because I, I think I thought it was a one-off. I thought it was... I was very healthy. And in fact, I was training for uh, a half marathon at the time. And, and it felt like... Uh, it was a, an accident almost, not, maybe not an accident, but like a one-off. Yeah. And so psychologically that impact didn't really happen until f- fast forward 10 years and I had another one and I can't really play that game of like this is a one-off. Yeah. Clearly something's happening. Sure. Um, and so I have to address it. And the impact was worse. I lost half of my sight and I think I lost a lot of sort of, um, of my marbles because... Uh, it was very scary, and yeah. I, and I realised what was happening because of my previous experience. It woke me up, and in re, in real terms, I, and I experienced the stroke. Yeah. Um, um, and I rem- I remember thinking, oh, not you know, not again. Not I, I can't do this again. You know, uh, this is it. I, please don't, please don't. You know. Um, and I make a joke. I feel I felt the same way when Jumanji Two came out. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I can't do this again, you know. Like, uh, but but in a, you know, in all seriousness, it was it yeah. was. I, I recognised what was going on, and it frightened the hell out of me. Um, yeah. And that had more psychological impact as as well as more physical impact because of, uh, because the, the sort of it, the injury, I suppose, that losing half of my eyesight was more impactful. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's com- it's confronting your mortality, right? Obviously, yeah, you yeah, go yeah. through this stuff, but it's interesting as a comedian that you know at least part of your impetus is let's do a show about. Well, I mean, you know yourself, and this is a horrible thing to admit, but you know, something bad happens to you. It's a, yeah. it's probably less than 0.5 of a second before <laughs> before you think, oh, this will make a good show, right? It is, isn't it? it I mean, is it's, tra- it's a tragic thing to admit, but but it is that you go. I suppose. Because you're so keen on being creative and being artistic and pushing something out there and, and expressing yourself, and here's something monumental that you can really get yourself stuck into. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, when you should be preoccupied with one's health, you sort of go, "Oh, this this is a, there's a routine in this," you know. But also, comedy is a way of coping. I mean, I, th- I found it very useful for that year. Uh, and going through the going through the operation and going through the aftermath of it and and you know with the bit when I thought I might die as well yeah it, you know it, it, it wasn't all funny but you by being able to make light of it and and look, look on the funny side of it I think it helped not long term I don't think it's a long term <laughs> solution and I think the next year I then had more trouble kind of you know. A, a, a well, actual medical health is the long term yeah, solution, it is, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, but yeah. I guess it's the long. I mean, it is a long term solution of. Looking at the positive, or looking at the bright, try to find the funny, yeah. or try to find the positive. I think you got to. I, I almost think you've got a decision to make of whether you whether you try and find the positive, or try or or allow the negative to seep in. Yeah, and, but with this, something you know, you're powerless, right? I mean, you're, pow- you're powerless mm. against cancer, really. You're powerless, certainly, against something like you've experienced. You've, yeah, you know, th- this is something that can happen at any point in. So, so you get power over the 
the situation by making that decision by, right? by making that and being in control of it yeah right? yeah exactly yeah. i mean in the, in the only way that you can control it because because yeah. i think you realize i didn't have a, a stroke that was related to health, you know my lifestyle no. it was literally random so i have you know it wasn't like i was really on the gack or anything like that and uh, <laughs> and uh, i can control that I, I was doing nothing wrong um so yeah you perhaps without wanting to be overly flowery, you, flowery, you realise that you, you're slightly a shit bobbing on the waves. and you, So therefore, what you can control is your reaction to that. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, you know, I think, as with all these, as with most comedy, just by talking about something, I think it, you know, it helps you and I think it helps other people as well. You know, people will have been through similar circumstances with someone they love or you know, themselves, so... You know, it's good. You know, in, in, I, I think like with cancer and with the stroke, you hear those things and you think, oh, that's 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 game over. Mm. You know, it, without <laughs> knowing about it, but you do. You think like, oh, that's uh, soon that's going to be game over. So it's good to, <laughs> to, to, to have people who then are still have been still, through it and are, and are still laughing and still happy and still going. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, I, I also, I mean, again, I don't mean to, to sound sort of lofty, but I think going slightly back to what I said about I see this as an art form and I'm an artist in that sense. And I think I'm trying to create art. And art's about um, being human and expressing that in the best way you possibly can, in, in, to my opinion. You know, it's not necessarily about how skill, f- how, how, virtu- how much virtuosity you've got on your instrument or how brilliantly you can... Um, paint technically it's about how best you can express yourself um not the skills it's the kind of how much heart can you show and i and i think something like this comes along and to talk about it is uh is is showing heart you know it's showing what else am i doing you know, otherwise it's just a joke about biscuits or something, <laughs> which can be a very funny joke, and people can laugh. Yeah. You know, do you know what I mean? But you do, I mean, it, this is a weird thing, and I don't. This, I mean, you all know what I'm talking about. And I, there's a difference between a type of laugh. Yeah. Now, I, I, how have I expressed this? In a way that, like, not all music is to dance to. Do, do, you, do, do you know what I mean? Like, not not all brilliant music is necessarily going to make you dance. Sure. And in the same way, I would say not all. Comedy is to make people just absolutely side-splittingly laugh. Some of that's brilliant, but sometimes there's a laugh that is really thoughtful or sweet or pensive or kind of like, oh, that was just a really beautiful point or moment. So it, it's not just about getting the biggest laugh. No, of course. Um, and I think you know, if something real happens to you, like a stroke or you know, cancer, et cetera, et cetera, there's an there's a opportunity to sort of peel that onion and that's that's like it's not it's not a privilege and i wish i uh, in a way i would it's not like i wanted that but there is a position that you find yourself in that you can uh you can roll your sleeves up yeah no it's it is interesting and yeah you've done you've done two shows the the late the the most recent show was the unbearable heaviness of nearly not being yes which is well, well done for getting that it's right it's a nice <laughs> start but difficult to say um i get it wrong myself quite often <laughs> uh, it's sort of it's it, obviously this this year you've gone on to do britain's got talent which i would love to talk to you about in a lot of detail yeah. but the the you know it's amazing to go <laughs> that was the you know i'm sure that wasn't the show that made it made you get onto britain's got talent exactly although the story presumably is a bit a little bit britain's i think got they talent. like a bit of that yeah, sort like of bit, backstory of yeah. tragedy probably but yeah, to go yeah. from that to you know to have that title show to going simon cowell's in touch you're going to be on britain's got talent yeah. um what would and as a comedian it's it's a it's a risk right to do a show like this you haven't done all that much uh, TV over the years, no. and and this is a very much a certain type of TV show that can really work for some people and can really backfire for some people. Yeah, what was why and and you know you wouldn't have been if they showed me a list of a hundred comedians and said who do you think is going to go on Britain's Got Talent? I don't think I would have Chosen predicted me. you. Yeah. But well, that's good, isn't it? Yeah, it is that's good. A sort but, of surprise, but, surprise yeah, myself. Is, surprise. But yeah. What was your 
what did you have to talk yourself into it or did you think i'm definitely i, I want to do this i mean the bank of england put the interest rates up <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I'm like, oh, fuck. i've got two mortgages to pay um i think i i was quite happy bumbling along as a job in comic i mean i say it facetiously but i also say this true like i've actually reduced my ambitions from superstardom to just not getting a proper job yeah you know, and I say that sort of like genuinely, like I, like I, you know, I'm 52 and I've never had a proper job. <laughs> I mean, it is. Do you know what I mean? But, uh, <laughs> thank you very much. But it, that that is. I mean, I work extremely hard at this. I, mean, I work very, very hard. You know, it's, this is extremely hard work. Nobody it cruises it. Um, but I've 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 wanted to do this, and it was enough to just be a comic. But I was making a living. Uh, I raised a daughter, and it was fine. And I didn't have to deal with people in TV. And my experiences of dealing with TV and the people who populate TV had never really been overly positive. <laughs> Forgive me if anybody here works in TV. <laughs> um, they don't. They're in New Milton. <laughs> <laughs> they have to drive through horses just to get here. <laughs> Be that as it may. <laughs> um, and so... Yeah, I was very happy with that. And then when I had the stroke and I f just started talking about it and I realised that it resonated with people, I just thought I want to talk to more people about it. Yeah. And not in an arrogant way, I hope, and not in a kind of showy-offy way, but I just thought, well, a little bit dead actually sort of thing. Do you know what? I'm, f I'm funnier and more interesting than a lot of comics who are doing really well. Get out of the way. But also just in a kind of... I, I, my, I've got an interesting story and I can tell it funnily and I want to tell more people. Yeah. Um, and so Britain's got talent. I mean, they ask us, they ask all of... Have you ever been asked? I haven't been have asked, no. they, they ask lots of comics all the time. Right? And um, I've probably been asked five or six times. Right. And always in historically been kind of like, oh, that's naff and I don't want to do that. Um, and this time I thought, well, why not? Also, you know, the game... Like, I probably like yourself... I've, I think we're probably similar ages, grown up in that era, that sort of Bill Hicks, you're off the artistic roll call yeah. if you do an advert or you do something dreadfully cheesy like BGT. But I think the whole game has changed in terms... Same with music. You know, you, you can't survive unless you do an advert if you're a band. Mm -hmm. You can't survive as a, as a comic unless you have a massive following on social media. So doesn't matter how good you are on stage nobody knows yeah and so you have to do you have to do slightly um unsavory things like britain's got <laughs> talent but i you know i thought what was really interesting about it was that you were authentically yourself that you know and it was it, it, and things are so you know admitted the guy who won this t series yeah, was yeah. very a very brilliant actor you played the blind and and but a very bgt friendly act of Lots of noise, lots of running around. Yep, I yep. think I actually think that that high vis jacket routine is genius. So yep. I'm not at all criticising him. But you were authentic yourself. It was very, you know, you you were, you kept it, in you know, enclosed. I suppose it was you sitting down, you know, just telling your story, telling yeah. your jokes, yeah, and and letting them come to you. It was, you know, it's not quiet, but it was. You yeah, know, well, I mean, stand-up is fragile, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, unless you're sort of Lee Evans or something where it's really bombastic. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think I vaingloriously thought that I'm so good at this <laughs> <laughs> that, that if I'll just show them and they'll just let, let it be. Yeah. You know, and they'll realise the genius. <laughs> and, of course, no. <laughs> you know, they mucked it around and chopped it and edited it and took out what I would say were vital elements of a routine yes. to get to, to for their own... N narrative. Yeah. Um, however, and I'm thank you for saying so, and other people have said so, that I think I did retain the Marcus Birdmanness of it. Yeah. Um, so that it's not I haven't I didn't go on there and do really cheesy things that I thought would work. No. I thought I, I went on there and did the things that I do that I thought would work in that yeah. scenario. If you see, if you see, I the do, and you know, and um, you know, and you got to the semi-final, and that's. 
brilliant. It's not bad. It's yeah, really it's good. Not bad. Yeah, it's yeah. really good. One clap. There yeah. you go. <laughs> so, you know, so close to that quarter of a million pounds. Yeah, I know. So far, so far. But, but even, I mean, you know, yeah, you do win a quarter. Of, I mean, I knew so little about Britain's Got Talent. I mean, I never watched it. And, and they went, what would you do with the, you know, the 250 grand when you went? I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I have absolutely no idea that that's what happened. But I think, I mean, I don't know whether he gets 250 grand. Does he? <laughs> you know, he probably has to buy himself out of the contract that's so sort of Motowny that yeah. he has to, he doesn't want to do it. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> it's hard I to don't know. know. And uh, well, how did Simon Cowell take you? Did he, did he, he got, he's not very good with comedy in general. No, he isn't. Um, which by, he, he took to me quite a lot in the first bit in the first sort of audition and then decided he didn't like me in the second bit. Hmm. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Uh, um, uh, I, I mean, he's I, no... He should not be judging anybody for comedy, that man. He just... He does not understand jokes it, at uh, all. No. No, that's true. And often, like, someone's doing... You know, someone's doing a, a bit, a satirical bit, and he... he just sort of stops it in the middle. He absolutely doesn't get it. Yeah, no, he doesn't. Um... Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I, in a way, it's it's very difficult to judge comedy full stop, isn't it, really? Yes. Because it's very <laughs> subjective. And um, and often you have to see the whole thing in, a, in its entirety rather than just there's a joke and there's a joke. And it's not necessarily linear like that. Um, and I'm not sure he's got a sophisticated mind <laughs> when it comes to comedy. Um God, that sounded wanky. Didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Well, but, but Amanda Holden yeah. said, you know, she said, I haven't got it wrong. Who has that. got a sophisticated but, mind when yeah. it comes to comedy? Of well, course. You know, Amanda Holden was um, <laughs> like was really in certainly in the nineties was really into comedy. She used to come to was she, Edinburgh. Was she not married to Les, Les Dennis? Dennis right? Yeah. Right, right, right. Her and Les Dennis came to see me and Stu quite a lot. Yeah, 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 yeah. And she went. She in Edinburgh. She would go to loads of stuff. Yeah. Uh, but then she said something about for all the snowflakes and all the wokery you're doing. Yeah, you're I was you're talking about illness and you know but you're not being anti-woke well I didn't want to get caught I didn't want to get while it was nice for her to be effusive about me yeah. I was like I don't want to be poster boy for that either <laughs> you know I'm not the anti-woke comic uh, at all I, it's very weird because I think they did the commentary was shocking and, and like edgy yeah. com- and I'm not I'm not I mean, really not. Britain's got talent. You I are am for a that scenario, maybe. Bit. Yeah, yeah, sure, for that scenario. Um, but I wouldn't have said I was in the scheme of things in terms of sort of, you know, if you think of the sort of Jim Jeffries edge of, or, or Frankie Boyle, I'm nowhere near that. No. Um, someone described me, and I quite like this, someone described me as, as um, uh, offensive if you're a moron. <laughs> and I quite like that because yeah. I think if it's because maybe some of the language I use might might sound a bit laddie or a bit you know sure. um, p- p- punchy, but the, the if you're actually listening, you go, oh, that's it's almost like he's ironically using that. Or yeah, using and, that but as a tool. and also people talking about snow, you know, comedy. You're not allowed to do anything in comedy anymore, and not going to comedy clubs because. You absolutely can do anything you yeah, want in yeah, the comedy yeah, club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty much right. You can still... I mean, you know, you can't... I mean, you can't be racist and things, but you hopefully it's don't such want such a shame, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Awful. The, um, uh, we were just born <laughs> in the wrong generation. <laughs> no. <laughs> Only just. <laughs> I, 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 yes, that's true. I mean, I don't want to be in that, like, yeah, you can't say anything these days. You can. You're right. But I do think, I do think culturally it's shifted. I think the sen- people's sensibilities have shifted and what... What, yeah, I'm not you've, you've for offended the be- that guy. Let oh, me sorry, <laughs> not 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 better or worse, <laughs> but it's. I think it's it's maybe just the sense of humour shifted a little bit. I think. Yeah. From when I started, anyway. Yeah, no, I think. I mean, things are different, but th- that's. I think that's comedy. It evolves, but you can still do. You know, I think. P- P- I just the idea that someone could look at you and think, "Yeah, well done, standing up to to the woke." You know, it just shows that they don't understand what the, the, being woke doesn't mean anything anyway. It's like no. it's just a way of of, of categorizing people together. And well, if you even well, think it's about seems it, it's used as a criticism as well, isn't it? Rather, yeah. you know, it, in the same way that like PC or being right on was used as a criticism. Yeah, we sort of go, "Well, I, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I want to be that." Yeah. 
Uh, well, it's all you know. It's all, and what do you, do you feel? You've got what you want out of it. Do you feel? Do you feel that? Is it too early to say what's yeah, going to come out of it? Probably too early to say. I mean, it's very. Uh, I mean, I've been trying to get on this for years, and yeah. you fucking never return my phone calls. So but now, <laughs> the minute I saw Simon Cowell say you were good, <laughs> suddenly, suddenly, old Ricky's on the phone. I am. Um, <laughs> No, I mean, but I, you know, I understand that scenario that you that that I, I suppose I'm a little bit interesting at the moment, yeah. um, and uh, a few things have come out of that, and hopefully more will come out of that. That I also, uh, without wanting to sort of blow smoke up your ass, but like this is far more credible to me than Britain's Got Talent. Uh, I'm doing Rosie Jones's disability show uh, uh, <laughs> uh, in a couple of weeks, yeah. and that's where I feel like I'd want to be. And those things would not have happened without doing BGT. So to that end, that's, it was a job, jobs were well done. Yeah, I, think I didn't enjoy that process at all. But, but, um, but it's got to be, you know, I, I'm sure you've got, you've got material out of it and it's got to be an interesting to go through. And I think that often you can stop yourself doing something through the, or what, you know, what, what if I don't look cool or what will people say? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. actually going through any experience, even if it turns out, even if it was a disaster, even if you've been on and they'd said, you're shit, you know, blah, 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 get off, that would still have been an experience. You'd have experienced yeah, yeah, yeah. all the other stuff and be, you'd have got something out of that as well. Absolutely. But, but you know, so it, it's, I think by closing yourself off to experience, I think that's a, that's a mistake as a comedian, maybe. Maybe you should be saying, oh, look, I'll go and do this thing that I feel uncomfortable about or I'll do yeah. this thing that, yeah, 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 yeah. that isn't my comfort zone. But, yeah, it's, you know, you get on TV and people see you and, I mean, it's sort of how everything works. It's like when you retweet someone saying something awful and say, look at this awful person, you're doing what they want. I mean, this is a different example, but, you know, they, they're getting their horrible point of view retweeted 200,000 times right. and they only need one in 100 people to go oh, actually I think that's mm. good and then they've got like you know two or 2,000 new followers yeah. or whatever and so it's this, if, as long as you're out there the people will see you who like you will go oh great we'll go and see that guy it'd be interesting to see a lot can happen in three years like a chatbot maybe your new best friend but what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. <laughs> Too tired to clean your floors after playtime? Forgot to vacuum before your friends bring their little ones over? Let Eufy X10 Pro Omni help. Powerful 8,000 PA suction removes debris, and MopMaster dual mop pads scrub away stubborn stains with ease. Save time and keep your floors cleaner. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com, that's E-U-F-Y.com, and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. So you're touring. You're yes. doing Edinburgh, first of all. So what's the Edinburgh show? Well, so the Edinburgh show... This is the Edinburgh... Podcast. This is very Edinburgh much podcast. Edinburgh, Edinburgh uh, I'm doing. I'm well. I've sort of rebranded uh, the bearable heaviness of nearly not being because I don't think that title would play very well in the provinces. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, so I've and I've slightly tweaked it, and there's a bit more of an update. But so, so I didn't do. I didn't finish. It was the show that I started in Edinburgh, and I had to leave Edinburgh uh, to have a heart operation last year, um, and so it was kind of. Uh, come back and finish that. And then I just really like that show, and it's all about that stroke. And I th- I, I, to, to, uh, to pertain to what I said earlier, I just want more people to see this show about the stroke. So yeah. it, it is that. It's slightly updated, but it, it's, that, it's the bearable. So what's it, what's it called? It's called Platinum. Yeah. Um, because I have now half a platinum heart. Wow. So, I mean, that's metaphorical as well <laughs> as actually literal. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, wow. God bless the NHS. I mean, that must be worth a fortune. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, that's got to be, like, you know, that's proper full-on scary time, like, to go into to have that done. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, well, you, know, <laughs> you know, again, it is that thing where it feels it, and yet the the surgery is so good now that. I mean, yeah, I mean, Bob Mortimer talked about this, and it's, you know, actually, most people in in, in our in the old days, you go in for a heart operation. And yeah, open like, heart surgery, you're in, you're you're in months of recovery. Yeah. I mean, yeah, from their point of view, it's that you know they're literally a plumbing, they're changing, you know, a, a hub on your washing machine type thing. <laughs> of course, from your point of view, you go, well, I'm having heart operation for the first time. It's it is scary, and of course, carries all of that weight. I mean, I to go back to the you know finding funny out of this and finding the positives. I found out I needed a heart operation when I was in hospital and I was due, and it's keyhole surgery, so they go for your thigh and up into the chamber of your heart so you can imagine, you know, what you need, the precision. And I was due to meet the heart surgeon who came into the my ward and tripped over my heart monitor. <laughs> I mean, I, I, ke- I kid you not, and fell flat on his face and pulled the leads out of the heart monitor. (laughs) So you've got, it it all went, like this. And then his little head at the end of the bed going, hello, I'm your heart surgeon. (laughs) And you're going, oh, that, you know. So so that didn't fill me with a great deal of confidence. (laughs) But I, you know, they... For them, it's it's routine, yeah. and which which you know in the abstract is 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 encouraging, um, but it's still yeah, someone's digging around in my chest. Yeah, and turning you into a sort of robot cyborg. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I don't go off. I was really disappointed that I, that I don't set off, you know, the hot, uh, airport. Really? Things. No. Well, there's a little tip for any terrorist: just make your bombs out of platinum. <laughs> platinum. <laughs> <laughs> Who's funding that though? That's expensive. <laughs> it is. <laughs> <laughs> Even the Saudis can't afford that. <laughs> and so you're touring the show as as well. Is that in the in the autumn? Yeah. So so I'm start, I start that in Edinburgh, and then I tour in the autumn, uh, kind of everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Where, which venue are you on in Edinburgh for people who are listening? To I'm on the, the, the Liquid Room, yeah. uh, the annex of the Liquid Room, uh, for the first two, from the fifth to the twentieth. Yes. Okay. What yeah. time? What time? Six forty-five. Lovely. That's a pretty good slot. Yeah. I it's nice, think it's very it's nice nice and early. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's sure nice it's to be early. There's a lot. On later, there's a lot more competition, I think, and also it's just nice to, you know, you're, you're, in, you're in your 50s. I know. It's nice to get back. I can put my feet up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> That's tiring. absolutely true. It's so tiring. So tiring. <laughs> <laughs> when I did my, I've said this a lot, but when I did my 50s show, by the last week, it was in the Pleasance, which is down a hill and up a hill, and I had to sit at the bottom of the hill for like five minutes every night. Just to build up the energy to walk up the fucking yeah, no, hill and then do an hour long show. They're, they're steep hills. Uh, yeah. Have you ever done a two week run? I've not, no, not in Edinburgh. I've always That's done the, the whole secret, thing. Man. Yeah. Like, t- I do two week run and take a day off every week. Yeah. So, because, you know, like, w- which you would do in other festivals. Where, uh, Edinburgh is this crazy thing of doing a month. Yeah. It's obscene. Yeah. I haven't, with stand up, I've always, but it, it's partly just to make it work economically, right? Yeah, the more yeah, shows you yeah, do, yeah, then yeah. you can make it work. Yeah. I did the podcast last year for 10 days, and that was, but it was, I was exhausted by that as well. Yeah, it's yeah. hard doing this. Yeah. It's harder than it looks. I, just I can like feel sitting. the pity coming from... It's <laughs> like I'm just sitting around to- talking... Two around. old bastards just sitting on a chair, banging just on. It's really hard. It's really, really hard. hard work, oh. yeah. <laughs> it's very hard. Um, let's ask you some emergency questions. Okay. See how that goes. What is that? Well, I'll be interested in this. You have a man who's lived... Uh, I mean, I imagine you're quite a romantic man, but uh, we'll see. What is, the most, what is the most ludicrous thing? This, uh, this AI wrote this question. I want you to know that first. Oh, one. okay. This right. is my, and this is a good question from AI. What is the, and not most of them aren't. What is the most ludicrous thing you've ever done in the name of love? Um, had a child. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a ludicrous thing to do, isn't it? Have a child. It I is mean, pretty. What is yeah. a straight... Keep on finding it so strange. How many have you got? I've got two. Every time I look, they, they keep growing and changing. You don't need two. I mean, that was a, that's a rookie. Too many. Error. That was well, a mistake. What, what, one will do. You yeah. tick all the boxes. Um, yeah. Are you through? Is it through? How, how old's your? She's eighteen. So yeah, I'm so pretty, yeah, she's done. pretty much done. baked. And I mean, except yeah. she is baked quite a lot yeah. of the time. Actually. <laughs> 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 you laugh. The, um, uh, it's crazy. <laughs> just they get big. They just they're little. Then they just keep growing, they get yeah, bigger, yeah, and yeah. it's the same person. Yeah. Does she look like you? I've got a boy and a girl. They, they, she really looks like her mum, but yeah. she's got like, there's a big bit of Richard Herring right in the centre of her face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, 
<laughs> and uh, I feel sorry for her. I mean, I think it's, you know, it's, it's like you've taken the best of both of them. <laughs> yeah. no, luckily, she's going to be tall, which is, she hasn't got that yeah. from me. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, she she's, she's looks like a mum, really. But yeah. the boy looks quite like me, I think, and is like I was. Yeah, my well, daughter's very like me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, which is both quite rewarding and troubling. Yeah, and a sort of punishment for being yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, you did this to your parents. <laughs> now you get it. Now it comes. Yeah, I'm yeah. just hoping I can die, uh, <laughs> so I can escape the punishment. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see what else we've got for you in here. Um, the first one I've, I, don't, I don't know if I've ever asked anyone this question, and uh, you'll see why when I ask it. Do you think it would be better if the human race just wiped itself out? I was in a good mo- mood when I wrote that. That's <laughs> yeah. me. I wrote that, not AI. That's right. Which bits of the human race? All of it. All of the human. Just all think all of the whole thing. I mean, it's gonna, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen, I think, isn't it? Um, yeah. I mean, it would be better for the planet. Yeah. It probably will happen. Um, I mean, it will definitely happen. Yeah. It will definitely happen. So, and I, I, I'm quite pessimistic about the future, but I also just think, regardless of the climate change. We've got nuclear weapons. You just From now to the end of human history, no one's going to shoot all those off for a laugh. Some, some's going like, to do you're it. Just, like, in the last five years, we've had like ten leaders who you think, yeah, I could see them starting a nuclear war. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's going to happen, isn't it? It's more of a surprise that it hasn't happened It yet, is. It right is a bit yeah. of a surprise. Uh, there we go. Comedy, comedy. Someone blew their nose at the end of that, which does help turn it, <laughs> turn it into comedy. And that's why we're going to be fine. <laughs> that's why everything's... Nice Benny Hill moment at the end. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm just about to press the button. Oh, I can't kill all of humanity. That can't happen. <laughs> uh, um, let, I'll, I asked this uh, in, in the previous show. If you could go into a chrysalis, yeah. dissolve like a caterpillar would, and then come from out of the chrysalis as... Uh, as anything, anything you want to be, what would you choose to come out of the chrysalis? That's what would you, oh. it doesn't. Have, it could be you as altered. It can be something completely different than you. I mean, a caterpillar changes a lot. Is all I'm saying. I'd quite like to have been a professional tennis player. Right. I don't know why. I don't, yeah. I don't play tennis. I, like, I, I watch tennis, um, but I just I, I I admire I admire it, and um, I think I would have. I, yeah, if I could, if a sort of a fairy godmother, I yeah. suppose, but a sort of similar thing. It, it? is. Um, I'd like to have been a professional tennis player. Were you sporty? Yeah, you I was very sporty. Yeah. Although, I, said, I didn't play tennis, but I was pretty sporty. Um, and I think I like... I mean, I'm, I'm a huge admirer of Andy Murray. Um, yeah. And I think that... I think the similarities between uh, tennis and stand-up are very similar. That it's a sort of mind yeah. thing more than it... And, and you, can, you can be winning. <laughs> uh, you know, you can do 10 minutes and you're blistering through this gig and then you've got a couple of wrong moves and suddenly, oh, hang on a minute, I've, I'm, I'm, I'm on my ass here. Yeah. And it's like, can you hold and, and keep your cool and, and, and nerve and then suddenly you're kind of inch back into a position of power and strength. And so I do think there's sort of similarities there. And I like... Um, I think it's quite a sexy sport. Yeah, sexy. Male tennis players are quite yeah. attractive. They are. As opposed to footballers, who I don't find attractive. And female tennis players are yeah, attractive yeah, yeah. as well. Yeah, 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 for sure. Okay. I don't want to be a female one, though. Okay. I might be a female one. Would you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we could play mixed doubles. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Me with... Oh, no. Yeah. You've got a you've metal heart. Would you still have the metal heart? If you were yeah, no, I think I'd have a prop, proper, proper working, functioning heart. A bit, okay. bit healthier, yeah. If you tap your chest, does it go clink, 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 clink? No, but you can feel it. You okay. can feel... I've got like a... Do you want to... It's more... It's... it's yeah. Do you want to feel... Do you want to feel, <laughs> feel my... Well, my main <laughs> you want... You want... <laughs> yeah. I could have had... You're allowed to put one in. Have you, you got a false one? No, I didn't put it in. Because yeah, you, you can get various... Yeah, different sizes. Different textures. sizes. Yeah. Do you got like one massive ball? Yeah. <laughs> I'd have what you'd want one of them um, Chinese balls that makes that. Quite <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> there's also though genuinely I've talked because I do a podcast about it as I've talked to a few experts and stuff. They're talking about putting like Wi-Fi in there and stuff. You know? <laughs> it'd be quite good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be good, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. bit of ice. It's like one of those ice for cold drink. Yeah, that'd be good. <laughs> what, like the, one of those toys that makes that yeah. when you turn it upside That'd down. Be good, yeah. I've missed an opportunity. You have missed a goal. 
Right, let's see if AI has got another question for you. Um, they're pretty they're pretty weird, a lot of these. Um, if in an alternate universe, Doctor Who was a reality TV show and you were presented with the challenge of being the first human to travel through a wormhole in search of the Big Mac, how much ketchup would you bring with you to complete the mission? <laughs> That's why so AI, AI is never really going to take over my job. So, I mean... That's Did that very, AI really write that's that? That's AI written by AI. I had put in a few what different... What did you things. tap in to get that? I put up? right a question in the style of Richard, and then I think Richard Herring's the most of questions. And sometimes a lot of them come up quite boring, like if you were a superhero, what power would you have? Yeah. And then I think if you put like put a you know, verbose one in or whatever, they, it occasionally comes up with something that I go, oh, yeah, I would have written that. That Nearly, I would, nearly would have written that. Yeah. But I didn't... How quite. much ketchup? How much ketchup Lots. would you... Yeah, I like, I'm a ketchup a fan. Yeah, it's yeah. Not, I don't think it's a question that's going to have... We do now an emergency question special every month where we take all the answers to one question right. that have been, or lots of the best ones, and put that as a 30 minute episode. I have a feeling that, that one. wasn't going to make it. I don't, I don't think that's got a that's huge gonna... amount of repercussions for society. <laughs> how much ketchup I although, have on my. Although I'm really tempted now to ask everyone that and then put out the episode, people just going, some. Just to be obtuse. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. No. Right, one more chance for AI, and then it's back to Richard Herring all the way through. Um, Yeah, that was too. I mean, again, look, look I'll, I'll ask you this one. This one, I have asked this one before. Uh, it's similar, but it's funny. If you were stuck in a lift with a sentient jar of pickles that claimed to be your long lost brother, would you believe him? I like the fact it says him, so it's the, it, the question believes it rather yeah. than it. And if so, would you risk tasting his briny essence to confirm his identity, or would you prefer to remain a cucumber coward? Yes, no, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so the cucumber coward, I could, that's, that's AI taking my job. You're a cucumber You're a coward. Cucumber coward. Right, Rich, back to Richard Herring, where all the questions are reasonable and normal. If you had to do human centipede with two other people, but you choose the other people and you're in the middle, who's going up front and who's going behind? <laughs> who's going, do I have to answer that? Yes. Yeah. Uh, no, you don't have to answer anything. <laughs> so con- You've got to the fifth. Consent is very important <laughs> in this podcast. Yeah. How do I, how do I persuade them that's going to happen? Well, they don't, it's, they're, they're, you're, the scientist is going to do it anyway with three people, and he's kindly given you the option to so choose some people. So it's a anyway. Yeah, so, I mean, well, you're choosing the two people, so you, you, you know, you're ruining their lives. Uh, who would it be? Who would it be? Who would it be? Uh, who, what's that? Persuade them. I don't want to persuade them. <laughs> that's a, like, that sounds like the voice you're, of experience. You're the, la- you're the last one. Persuade, persuade <laughs> them. That's even better. If you persuade them to do it. It's a, it was a slightly creepy way he said it as well. But you have to persuade them. And when you've persuaded them, they don't mind. They like it. They don't it. mind it. No, <laughs> I think that's, that's creepy consent, isn't it? That's not yeah. consent. I can, I, I can be the first one. You're in the middle. Why do I have to be in the middle? Because that's the worst place to be. Well, not the worst place to be. Well, clearly. But it's the most interesting place to be. Because you have to choose someone to poo in your mouth and you have to choose someone to poo, it, poo in them. <laughs> no, I didn't write the human centipede. I'm just, I'm not, don't get upset with me. You wrote this question, though. I, don't, I, don't, I can't, I'm not going to answer I that. I, don't, I, I refuse to answer. Wow, refuse to answer. <laughs> that's, going, that's going in the, I think we've already done the, boo <laughs> <laughs> All right, um. Have you ever seen a ghost, Marcus? I haven't, I, don't, I haven't seen one. Felt one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was a good night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I have. I think uh, where I used to live in, I went to Newcastle University, and uh, we were living on the end of the, uh, well, Hadri- what, what would have been Hadrian's Wall, the sort of West Wall. Okay. Big site for g- sort of ghosty activity. And uh, I was in my... There was a really good room at the top that my flatmate was like, do you want to swap? And I couldn't really understand because my room was a bit crap. And so I went, yeah, yeah. So I was up there. And then I remember one night just uh, it, knowing that there was someone in, just literally there in my face. And, and if I opened my eyes, I'd see them. So I just went, could you go away? <laughs> uh, and they did. 
And then I spoke to him afterwards, and he went, yeah, there was, I always felt really weird stuff in that room. Right. That's why you've got it. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't, you know, I don't know, I don't, uh, that could have been, that could have been someone, one of my other flatmates, I suppose. But I just, and I'm not trying to persuade anyone, but I think that was a, yeah, that was a ghost. Yeah. Once again, you were asleep when it happened. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the link? It's sort of nearly always the link. But yeah. I think it's, but it is, but it's something about wh- whatever it is. These things is something about that b- that time between dream state and waking state, and sure, you know, maybe that sure. maybe that's to do with your inside. Maybe it's, maybe it's to your mind. Maybe it's to do with outside. It's to do with your inside, your mind. But I d- um, but, but you, you didn't. Uh, did you ask me so you could rubbish it? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I, was okay, d- I asked you to find. <laughs> it's just my way of finding out if the person I'm talking to is mental. What sort of wanker are you? <laughs> if you've seen a ghost, you're mental. If you haven't, you're not mental. So that question is essentially, have you seen a ghost? But I've seen loads of ghosts, so I'm, I'm slightly <laughs> fucked by it as well, because I don't believe in ghosts, but they're all over yeah. the place. I pro- I probably are. Yeah, 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 they yeah. probably are. Have you ever seen the TV show Ghosts on BBC? No. BBC? Oh, it's good. You it's good. It, yeah, 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 yeah. That's good. Watch it, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. So look, we we haven't got much longer. I was gonna. You've, you've had. Have you had two motorcycle accidents? I've had. A, I've had. Some, I've had, <laughs> t- I've had some, Charlie Borman's had two motorcycle accidents at least. Yeah, yeah. So I like Whoops. having people. I love motorcycling. Me. Yeah. Um, do you mo- do you motorcycle? No, I don't. No. I'd, I'd like to pretend that I motorcycle. It's super dangerous. Yeah, it's it great is, fun, it but it. super dangerous. Yeah. Do you still do you still go out on the bike? No, because I lost half my eyesight. Yeah. I can't drive anymore. Okay. Um, so I didn't. But the last one I had, I basically hit an oncoming car and went over the top and I landed um, underneath a van that put his anchors on and I broke my leg and I got up. So basically I was looking in the underneath of the of a white van and I got up to sort of talk to the person or shout at the person who hit me and the, the bloke in the van grabbed me and said to sit down because I'd broken my leg basically. Right. So I was kind of walking towards this other... Right. I, don't, I don't know what I was going to do. Um, <laughs> so I think I put... I sort of went. That's not. I've had two now. Yeah. Time to hang up your. Yeah. Motorcycle gloves. It does seem incredibly. Da- I mean, like, hey, you sound like someone who's been unlucky, but also quite lucky. Yeah, I mean, you've I'm been very lucky. through. So you've had a lot of sort of. You I know, mean, I, I was talking about this earlier actually, because I was. I had. A, I did another. I did another podcast, yeah, and uh, okay. I've got other friends. Okay. Cool. You know, and. Uh, and I remember I, when I was when I was younger, I used to kind of I used to ride my bike. And close my eyes, see how long I could close them for. <laughs> 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 uh, but, uh, just to sort of scare myself. Yeah. You know, um, I don't know what that's about. I don't know what that says about me. But I think I think it. I think I I'm quite a risk taker, um, and uh, reckless. And I think I thought I've had two accidents, and now is the time to stop being a motorcyclist. Yes. Well, I'm glad you've stopped. Yeah, two accidents. I mean, Charlie Borman, Borman's still. I mean, his legs are different lengths. And he's are still, they? Yeah, and he's he still he still goes on motorcycles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, he's made a career out of it, though. Hasn't he, he has. He's, he's got to keep going. He does. Yeah, he's got to keep going. He's. I mean, I sort of admire it in a way, but he's, uh, I'm I'm very r- chicken and, and risk averse in those kind of situations. So I would never, uh, never do it's anything. Extra- have you have you have you ridden a motorbike? Though? I don't think I've. I've I don't think I've ever. Ridden one. It's ext- I mean, it's such good. F- uh, it, uh, it's very exhilarating. Yeah, I don't like to be exhilarated. No, I don't now. I, I don't. No, you're, you're right. I don't now. I used to love being exhilarated, and then I think I, I was. I just come back from New Zealand, and people were doing bungee jumps and, and skydiving, and I was like, I don't need that amount of terror in my life. <laughs> I do stand up. You know, <laughs> that's, that's frightening <laughs> enough. You know. That's true. Look, uh, uh, people should definitely go and see you on tour. Is there somewhere they can check out your dates? Yeah, uh, marcusburban.com. Marcus is with a K, so uh, all, everything's on that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and is that, and, and I mean, as far as you know, as far as you can tell, is everything going okay? Is it your health wise, health wise, life. Well, health wise, yeah, I think I think um, I think my health's all right. Uh, yeah. I think I might need a pacemaker, but that's again pretty routine. Okay. Um, but the heart's okay. I haven't. I'm trying to look after myself. Yeah. Uh, I've got um, good people around me, good. so uh, inshallah, I'm all right. Yeah. Good. Uh, lovely to see you, Marcus, and fantastic to have you on. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, the amazing Marcus Berman! Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much for coming, everyone. I love New Milton. I love the fire start. Thank you.
You have been listening to Rahalastapa with me, Richard Herring, and my guest, Marcus Birdman. The music is by Scant Regard. I'm indebted to my producer, Chris Evans, not that one. He's also a nice guy, I expect. I don't really know him. If anything comes out later, it wasn't my fault. Uh, thank you to everyone at the Forest Arts in New Milton. It's a wonderful place. Go and visit whenever you can. There's so much to do. Thank you to the Leicester Square Theatre for organising all of this weekend that I have been enjoying doing. This is a Sky Potato Buzz and GoBusterStripe.com production. Don't drink the milk. Don't drink the milk. Don't drink the milk. No, this isn't a podcast about milk. If you like historical intrigue, a bit of culture and a sprinkling of controversy... This one's for you. I'm Rachel Stewart, and I'm travelling around Europe, following the hidden history of everyday things as they're exported through time and around the world, by force, by chance, or by choice. No need to pack your bags. Just subscribe to Don't Drink the Milk wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks very much, richardherring.com slash Rahalastapa for those remaining Rahalastapa dates. Rahalastapa and richardherring.com slash ballback slash tour to find out all the tour dates for my upcoming stand-up. Would love to see you at those ones. Please book tickets if you can. All right, enjoy another podcast. Don't listen to anyone else's podcast but mine. Stay faithful, and I'll see you on the next one. Bye.